Yeah, no, green tea, fine, don't drink that, but don't microwave your tea. What if it gets cold? Throw it out, make a new one. No, that's it's, wasteful. That's me. the that's British wasteful. way. <laughs> oh, using that's two tea bags is wasteful if you only had milk. What do you mean? Why do you need? To, why do you need two tea bags? Oh, because it's decaf. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Step one: don't buy decaf tea. Yeah. No, but okay. Which brand do you use of tea? PG Tips. Oh PG tips my god! It's Yorkshire what's tea. No, no, it's PG Tips. PG Tips suck. They used to be good. Now they're awful. You go to Yorkshire. Yorkshire is a gold standard. I'm going to have to fly down to London and teach you guys about tea. This is embarrassing. This is, yeah, the fact that we're so like, divided. To all tea. our listeners, like, I apologise on their behalf. I will <laughs> well, educate listen, them. Do not listen to him. He is a deceiver. This is Canadian propaganda right here. Uh, no. He's trying to seep into your lives with his communist ways. Honestly, maple-infused tea-drinking savage. No, we do it properly in, uh, well, London. I can't say that I do it properly. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, no, I've got nothing yeah. on that, yeah. Yeah. The only good thing about PG Tips is the monkey. Oh, everyone He's gone now, isn't he? He's gone. Well, he, he makes a guest appearance here and there. No, he the passed comedy away. Shows. <laughs> he died. I saw it. I saw it on the news. Terrible. Tragic. Yeah, you heard about the microwaving tea and I had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, do you know what? Usually when I finish these conversations, I'm on a bit of a high. It's like, guys, let's start the episode. Now I'm just like, let's just, do you know what? Let's just start the episode. I don't even care anymore. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lockdown Traveller with me, Zayn and Zaki. This is a show all about signposting select scenic routes and attractions, and in Zame's case, collecting the contact information of all the llamas he meets in this episode in case he needs to contact them as part of his interpretation of NHS's test and trade instructions. To be honest, the instructions are unclear, and Zame, you're trying your best and we salute you, but yeah, we, we the app needs to be better. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> sort it out, mate. What would you call it? What would your, what would your like, application be called? I have no idea. I haven't gone that far. It just needs to work. Um, anyway. Test in tracing llamas, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, llamas, they're the national animal of Bolivia, right? Yeah, that's why I picked it. Oh my god. It's all about, but it's all about Bolivia. It's all this coming week. together. Oh, it's all, exactly, it, it's like it's planned. It's all about Holmes, you've solved another one. Exploring. Moriarty's in the house. Lord have mercy on my soul. If you lads are done, it's all about Bolivia <laughs> yes. this week. <laughs> Exploring what this great, great country has to offer. And as usual, to retain your sanity and mine, please visit our blog for more information and links, which is thelockdowntraveller.blogspot.com and all the usual social connects as well. So hopefully you both know the drill now. Can you give me yes. some facts, please? I should mention we don't have any socials apart from Twitter. <laughs> we still don't have Instagram. No, no, it's okay. Effort, somebody man. fix that. Like, somebody get that up and running. Eventually, eventually, we will have socials. But right now, Twitter is all. We don't even have the Facebook. I thought we had the, oh, no, the no. Facebook. No, yeah, we don't yeah. have any of it. It's just Twitter, and we have one follower, and I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you guys are listening, help us out with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's terrible. That's tragic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need we need to be better at that. Um, right, the irony so f- is that's the only one that's following Zane back as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, do you have some facts for me for for Bolivia? Um, in Bolivia, did you know that zebras help people cross the roads? Yes. What, like a zebra crossing? No, no, actual zebras. An actual zebra. No, it's people dressed as a zebra, but they help children across the road. <sighs> Okay, okay. 
Does that class so, as a fact? I want to claim that as a fact. That's a fact, yeah, no. This was on um, uh, an episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. People dress up as zebras and then they sort of dance and do like conga lines and everything to help uh, manage traffic and pedestrian crossing. It's, re- it's actually really, really brilliant. Okay, I really want to go see this. But hang on, what came first? The zebra crossing or the crossing zebras? No, no, there are no zebra crossings. No, there's, I mean, there's no zebra crossings. Traffic in Bolivia, yeah, it's super hectic. So um, uh-uh. people just dress up as zebras because every situation is better with zebras. A zebra is cool, but you want something that's more threatening. Because like, if somebody's manic and angry, they'd run down a zebra. But if you dressed up as like a rhino, people would be like, actually, you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll stop and let yeah, you pass. Yeah. Or like a python, like an anaconda. I'm like sorry, you want people to dress up as a snake? <laughs> Not like a big snake. I'm talking like a, I'm talking like you know, like the dragon in the end of Mulan. That I'm just way. having flashbacks of you stuck in that sleeping bag in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> Um, no, I think that's definitely a fact, and to be honest, that's piqued my interest as well. The the, the zebras, not the the snake and sleeping bags. Um, Zame, do you have anything to add on to um, zebras? I don't have zebras, but I do know that on top of the House of Congress in La Paz, mm. there's a clock that runs backwards. So, like, on a normal clock, you go clockwise, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever. On this one, clockwise, it's 11, 10, 9, 8, and it's called the Clock of the South. Mm. And uh, one of the reasons that it's sort of got backwards is that in the northern hemisphere, the shadow from a sundial moves in a clockwise direction, but in the southern hemisphere, it goes the opposite way. And there's also the belief that, um, I think they say that the past lies ahead, while the future lies behind you, which is sort of an idea that the past is known, so it's in front of you where you can see it, but the future is unknown, and that's why it's behind you, because you can't see it. I'm saying, I asked for a fact, not a bloody horoscope. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting way of looking at things, right? Because there's nothing to suggest that future is in front of you or future is behind you. It's just language that determines how you understand about the world. And we know, I didn't know we had Socrates on the show this week. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I watched Arrival recently and I've just been thinking about it for ages. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a okay, really, okay, really good movie. I was wondering, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Okay, so well, my, my fact is um, Bolivia has almost 37 languages. Uh, national languages, which is just immense. Uh, that so many diff- different languages in one country must cause a lot of confusion, but apparently it doesn't, so that's good. Um, hmm. And they've also got pink dolphins. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, oh, yeah, and, and Zayn, one for you. Uh, apparently they're the highest, the largest butterfly sanctuary in the world, isn't it? Uh, uh, oh, you I love butterflies, don't, don't you? I don't like butterflies. Yeah. Their, their movements are erratic, and you can't predict which way they're going to attack you from. They're, but what, a butterfly can't, can do you no harm. Yes, they always attack. Any time I go anywhere near a butterfly, instead of just casually flying past, they will attack me for no reason. It's because you I antagonize and swear at them. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gesticulating at them. Yeah, yeah, that's, on, that's why, yeah, you attack Also, them. it's just weird how caterpillars like turn into butterflies. They just decide one day to go upside down, melt into some like DNA soup, and then just casually give themselves wings. Like, have, have we learned nothing I'm from Icarus? I'm a bit of je- jealousy here, Zim. So, yeah, but so does vampires kind of do that as well. But vampires do don't do that. Have you not seen Van Helsing? Surprisingly, that was actually a decent movie, to be honest. It shouldn't yeah, have been okay. as good as it question, was. Question to both of you. Yeah. Did uh, Van Helsing get filmed in Bolivia? No. No. <laughs> so then why are we talking about it? Because <laughs> butterflies. But anyway, butterflies. 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes from downtown Santa Cruz. There you go, Zim. We'll take Thank you. One. Yeah, I'm going to avoid that, like the plague. That. <laughs> we are so taking you there. <laughs> um, the one thing which we obviously we should get the ball rolling with is the Salt Lakes. I mean, that's uh, after doing all the research, that's the first thing which ever, almost every website has, so we're going to follow it. Okay. 
Have you guys seen some of the pictures of the Salt Lakes? Yeah, it looks really, it's really cool. Ridiculous. So it's like the, the world's largest salt flat, and it's ten thousand square kilometers of just salt flat. It's ridiculous. Like, and it, it, when it's um, summer, summer months, um, it reflects the sky, and it's a transparent mirror almost. And uh, you can rent four by fours, and you can go drive up there. And I, I can't explain it. It's just it doesn't look like it belongs on planet Earth. It's just. Um, I don't know, it's literally, it's a flat, and it's made out of salt. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say here. I mean, stemming from that point, right? Thanks. That actually, the reason for that is that they filmed Star Wars there. The final sort of climactic battle in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. On the fictional planet of Crete. That's where they um, filmed that, on the salt plains. So you get, um, like, a massive white planet, and then underneath they made it bright red, so that whenever it snows, instead of snow on the planet, you get um, salt crystals. So mm. the planet is bright red underneath, a sort of thin white crystal layer. And then when they have their spaceships and all the fights and stuff, you get, like, red dust flying up, and it looked really, really cool. I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. Uh, Star Wars? Uh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm more of a Star Trek guy. But what? If you, I'll, I'll, I'll post really? the pictures on the really? blog. It looks really cool. Yeah, because Star Wars is cool with the Jedi and the oh, psychic look, powers and all that bad. stuff. Yeah, but you're more Star Trek. Star Trek's huh. better, yeah. Any huh. reason? Star Wars was good. Now it's not. Right. Star Trek has been consistently average. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Who's that guy who looks like he's got the side elements of uh, a Citron Xantia windscreen? I'm going to say Worf. And basically, it's one of the creatures which, uh, if you go into an old Citron and you look at the windscreen, on the side of the windscreen they've got these really nasty little dots which increase in size. And every time I see that, I think of this Star Trek character which has dots all over his body and he's the most infuriating thing ever. Why have you seen dots all over his body? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Uh it's messed up. Okay. So, Salt Lakes. They're the most spectacular after rain, when water is sitting atop the cemented salts and it acts like a mirror reflecting the sky above, which is brilliant. We are definitely doing that. And it's right, it's the first tourist attraction, which everyone talks about, so it makes sense to talk about that first as well. That'd be uh, horrific, the drive. Yeah, no, it, would, it probably would be. I mean, it's, Yeah, it's it like, takes, what, like three days? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest ride, and engines don't suffer well. If you remember some of the Top Gear episodes... Yes, they did the Bolivia special. Yeah, yeah. What was that, like season 14, episode 6, I think? It was with Hammond, right? Those guys. Yeah, Clarkson, Hammond, May. But yeah, sticking with Salt Lake, there's also a hotel there called the Luna Salada Hotel. If you tell me there's a freaking (laughs) post office in this hotel, I swear (laughs) to God. No, but it's 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 a hotel made entirely out of salt blocks. So the walls, the furniture, the floor, everything is made out of salt. The furniture and is made out yeah, of salt. Yeah. Like the chairs. So the bed is made out of salt. Yeah, so like I'm assuming not the bed itself, but more like the sort of frame. And then you get like your normal mattress. But and the shower is made rule, out of salt, is it? There's a rule that you're not allowed to lick the walls of the furniture, so I didn't know. I was just about to ask that. Like surely there are people like me who go, hmm, how quickly could I get rid of this room? Um, so the telephone's made of salt, yeah? Most, actually no, the, the, I think one of the original salt hotels on this lake was literally everything made of salt, but then that caused huge problems with the sewage <laughs> and the showers yeah. and all the drains. So yeah. they made a new one which has actual normal plumbing, but apart from that, the rest of the furniture is made of salt. And the sockets and, have, and the lamps are made of salt, yeah? Most of the stuff, yeah. 
They have like loads of stuff at this hotel, which is kind of incredible. They've got stargazing tours. They've got bike rentals. They've got a library. They've got a living room with a fireplace, spa with a steam room. And because Bolivia Sorry, is a spa and steam room. Yeah. In a salt hotel. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? That must yeah. smell interesting. And because Bolivia is so high, right? Like La Paz, I think, is the highest capital in the world. They also have oxygen on request if you've got issues dealing with altitude. What if you don't have issues with altitude? Can you still request the oxygen? Yeah, go for it. I don't Let's see why go. not. It's about, I think, £160 per night for the high-end rooms, which is about 270 Canadian dollars, and £90, which is 150 Canadian for the cheapest room, which doesn't even include a window. So you travel oh. all the way there and you can't even look out? Yeah, if you go in the cheapest room, yes. But okay. still, it's made of salt. Like, yeah. that's pretty impressive. It, no, it, it, it is really impressive. And uh, the fact Zaki and I aren't overly impressed by it is because you talked about the salt hotel in the previous episode and the episode before that. And before I, I think about you're salt just mine. salty. Do you it's just salt. Google salt stuff? The only thing I was going to say was it, it definitely sounds cool to see. It does. I just don't know if it sounds comfortable. I don't know about the smell. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, yeah. especially when you combine steam room with salt. That's the thing, but yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they will have proper plumbing and everything. Like, they've learned from the mistakes of the past. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But Fireplace still. as well? And that's an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, in the previous episode, I got really jealous of the monkeys who, uh, in one of the previous episodes in, in Japan, I think. All the previous episodes. Yeah, every <laughs> single day. <laughs> to clarify, the monkeys who were chilling in the hot springs yeah. in Japan. I found that Bolivia has a lot of geysers and hot springs. So you can actually go and chill in one of the hot springs. So they've got national parks, uh, Sajama, Sayama National Park, where you can go through these eerie geyser fields and take a dip in some of those soothing hot springs. And you can see the animals running around, including the llamas and alpacas. And I was like, take that monkey scum, because you can actually do that (laughs) in Bolivia. Okay. Yeah, that's happening. Speaking of llamas. You go on. Are you guys feeling particularly unlucky these days? You know, especially with COVID. Do you guys feel like you're struggling? Do you you think you're suffering from sicknesses or anything like that? Are you reading from my autobiography? (laughs) (laughs) This is your LinkedIn profile, actually. Um, Yes, I am. Yes, same you? Yeah, 100%. Well, look no further, because I have a cure that involves a llama fetus. Uh, what? Where, where, where would we, like, how would we... So, in La Paz, you can find what's called El Mercado de la Bruja, which is the witch's market. Mm-hmm. And it is exactly what it says. You can. I, I was a bit disappointed because I thought it was where you could actually go and buy witches, but it's not. It's not. It's it's where you can go and buy items for witches. So you can buy potions. You can buy amulets. All the all the standard stuff. Whereas the the most common and popular item are llama fetuses. Dried llama fetuses, I should say. So if you want, you know, some helps to find a lover, or maybe put a curse on somebody, or cure yourself from sickness, you can use it. You can use that. It's a bog standard thing. Uh, they also sell random, like the usual stuff, like snakes and turtles and dried frogs and Is feathers. That Is that normal? Armadillos, um, all, all that kind of thing. You can you can actually enjoy it. It's free to everybody to go in. The only thing is that if you're a bit sort of squeamish or don't 
fancy looking at the dried fetus of a llama you can also buy little spell boxes and things like that that, that have spells in them you don't need to do any rituals or things like that and you can also have other things like amulets and, and like patterns and things like that so yeah you can go see that if that's if that's your thing if you're after some uh, some interesting items and areas there's also they also have witch doctors which are called I think the Yatiri mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they can set you can give you like tell you your fortune they can give you some items to help you on your passage uh, they're usually recognized by their they have they have like specific hats like they're long like they have a specific type of hat which you can recognize them from mm-hmm, but yeah right so you can go to the witch's market if you fancy that uh, in La Paz it's on Jimenez and Linares Street just near the San Francisco church sounds pretty cool it does it does didn't even know that existed if I'm honest so so if I if I was to be a normal human being for a second and I was listening to this podcast it's going to be difficult for you yeah and so we've started by going hi guys welcome amazing show we're talking about Bolivia okay cool and then we talk about the salt lakes it's like okay that seems pretty cool then we get a bit weirder because we talk about mines and hotels and salty stuff and how is a hotel weird licking licking salt licking a kettle in a room is a bit weird Tim. i'm sorry and i'm telling you this and then we go a billion levels down because now we're like hey do you fancy a llama fetus because i know a place we've just lost you can also get owl feathers Okay, that's, okay that's pretty cool, actually. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you do with an owl feather, but okay. Yeah, you what can you use know? them to write, right? Like a quill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose. So, And then you can they... use your blood as ink. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. you summon the demon. Oh, you can um, get armadillos as well. You can get armadillos, that's the other one. Dried armadillos. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's live or... I think it's both. And many, many aphrodisiacs. Okay, yeah. No, that, that sounds... That sounds um, I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's definitely an interesting one. I definitely want to go see it, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm not the best when it comes to that squeamishy stuff, so mm-hmm. it's still, mm-hmm. still, still going though. Right, so just to bring some normality, can I tell you about the... It's a festival which takes place in the Bolivian Andes, and um, it's in early May, and it's something called Tinku. Have you guys heard of this? Sorry, you said Andes. I just picked it that hot fast. I know. Thing. I know. The second I, said, the, the second I said it, I was like, "Yep, that's Don't hot get up. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> uh, no. What is Tinku? Tinku is the randomest attraction I've seen since we've started doing research for this. So, <clears throat> let me just read you the sentence, okay? There may be no tourist attraction in the world quite like Tinku, with ritual street battles practiced by some of the communities in the Andes. Visitors return with reports of chaos, brutal warfare, fueled by homemade booze in remote, remote mountain villages. What? <laughs> so basically, it's um, it's a it's a ceremony which happens in May between two tribes in the Andes, the Aymaras and the Quechas. And what they do is that they have huge feasts and elaborate dancing and choreographed musical events and all that lovely stuff. But they also have brawling, which is very, very important to what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not violent people, but every month or every year, sorry, um, they feel that sparring or getting some of that brawling is a really good outlet for it. And it's not a personal thing. You're not going to be like, right, this guy insulted the butterflies or this guy doesn't like llama feet, so I'm going to go beat him up. Uh, you just have to go and fight with whoever you come across. And in the old days, <laughs> in the old days, I might be to honor Pachamama or Pachamama or Pachamama. Pacha. You've never seen Emperor's New Groove, mate? Pachamama. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. my main village man. My main village man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fine. He's, uh, he's, he, he is a Bolivian goddess this time around, but uh, you try and honour him or her uh, to prove your bravery. And it's villager against villager, and some people use fists, other people rock up with a rock, <laughs> some people have a helmet. Um, there are rules, but they don't... Sorry, yeah. did you say 
turn up with a rock. Yeah, yeah. Weapons like rocks are are used. They're what? not supposed to, but they. they so, do. like, they're actually killing each other. Just are there rules like you can't kill people? The rule is a very vague one. The rule says that you can't injure people. Air quotes too badly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. someone thought I'm just going to okay. use a rock. That's fine. Yeah. So uh, police are on hand to stop the fighting if it kicks off too much. But if the stones get thrown, then the police are like, "You're on your own, mate. You're on your own." And deaths are not unusual. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe avoid it in May is what I'm getting from this. I don't know. I mean, you get. I mean, you can watch it. You don't have to get involved. But if you get dragged into it, you have to fight. Otherwise, you've insulted the goddess. I mean, you've seen me. Who am I going to fight? I can barely like <laughs> win a fight against a butterfly. I was going to say, if a guy's just as a butterfly, his name is dead. He doesn't even have to look. He just look at him, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, the, the brutal fist fights is something which is. That quite... sounds pretty impressive. It does. It does. It also sounds kind of scary. <laughs> it sounds yeah. terrifying. I'm just looking at the pictures now, and uh, it, they've compared it to the running of the bulls in, what is it, uh, Italy, Spain? Spain. Spain. Spain yeah. And uh, the, I didn't know that they actually rocked up with rocks. Yeah, that's yeah. mad. I thought it was a fist fight. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's okay, but no, it's a... Uh, Let's get drunk and throw rocks at each other. But yeah, I thought I'd uh, try and normalise this episode by talking that's, about That's your normalisation, <laughs> sorry. That's, that's the thing you took to It normal. took a bit of a turn. I didn't expect rocks to be involved. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Suddenly, the llamas are sounding better. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Nice and calm in the llama. (laughs) Okay, if you want, like, a normal, nice attraction, I have something. Okay. Please, with a lot. Okay. So, it's called Horka del Inca, which Mm -hmm. literally translates as Gallows of the Inca, which is a terrible name because, number one, it's not a gallows. Number two, it wasn't made by or for the Incas, <laughs> right? It was actually made in 14th century BC by the Chiripa people. Okay. Number three, that's not even its proper name, which is apparently Intihuatana, which means the place where the sun is tied. Oh, a tide or tired? Tied, as in tied down. Interesting. So okay. the, the reason it's called Horca del Inca is because the Spanish apparently showed up in the 16th century and they ransacked the place because they were looking for hidden gold and they sort of destroyed all of it. And they just thought it looked like a gallows and just assumed the Incas were responsible. So they just called it that. Oh, okay. That's, okay. Um, but yeah, so the actual thing is Intihuatana, but everyone knows it as Horca del Inca. And it's actually an ancient uh, astronomical observatory on top of this huge sort of hill slash plateau region in Copacabana near Lake Titicaca. Okay. I was just going to say, I'm so proud of you because I know that you personally are really, really angry that the name doesn't match the description <laughs> of what it is, but you've kept such I was, was going to say, yeah, you, a, you kept a good lid on that. Such yeah. a good lid, yeah. I'm really proud. It's well done. just Spanish colonial misrepresentation, apparently. Just let it all out, mate. Let it all out. Anyway, to get to this place, right, you have to climb a few hundred stairs that have been carved directly into the rock face of the mountain. Okay. Nice. Which in itself is pretty impressive. But Mm -hmm. when you get to the top, you'll see like a massive rock structure. So imagine two really tall rocks next to each other with a third rock balanced on top, like a taller, skinnier version of Stonehenge. Right, okay, okay. So the two vertical rocks are a natural rock formation, and the Chiripa people put the horizontal rock um, on top themselves. And that horizontal rock has a bunch of holes in it. So when the sunlight shines through, you know, depending on where it lands, you can use it to track time like a clock or a calendar. 
and people would sort of try and use that information to try and predict all kinds of stuff like crop yields and rainfall amounts and ritual blessings and originally there were seven horizontal rocks on this um, formation but after the Spanish sort of looted everything um, the other six got destroyed which is a bit of a shame mm -hmm. and it's eroded quite a bit since then so now it looks kind of like a lowercase h or like a capital H but one of the tops is much shorter than the others I mean I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the blog yeah. because you really need to see it in person to get an understanding of what it looks like but it's it's pretty incredible and like i would love to see in person because like the whole track up the mountains the views yeah. and just being at that pinnacle where these guys are trying to understand the sun and the movement of the heavens and all of that stuff i think it's brilliant it looks really really cool definitely want to visit that in person definitely. what i want to know is why did you laugh when you said the top rock had holes in it that's what i want to know <laughs> what were you thinking when you said that because no you started reason. laughing i was just very excited to talk about this uh-huh I wonder what was going through his head when he said that, because he definitely laughed. Yeah, I heard a bit of a snicker. I was like, okay, okay. okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely visit this place. Nice. That's, that's really good. And um, one thing which I'm just going to throw in there, actually. There are a lot of different tribes uh, or um, ancient civilizations in Bolivia. So whilst we all know about the Incas, like Zane, which one was the one you just mentioned now for this one? The Charipa people. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that properly. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, and the, I, there are some other ones as well, which I cannot for the life of me remember. But the reason why I'm saying that is because when you are in Bolivia and you come across the different ruins, there's one easy way to understand which ones are Incas and which ones are from the people uh, from before the Incas, including the one which Zane mentioned, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce because I've forgotten it already. The three animals which were really, really uh, sacred to the Incas were the, uh, the condor, the, the cougar and the snake. Um, and you'll find these in like carved into the rocks or inscribed almost every everywhere. Uh, and the condor, uh, the big bird which flies really high. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it, what was that? Yeah, okay. National Geographic, only here we go. Right. No. That big bird, that flies big bird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flies really high. Um, but <laughs> it flies so high that the Incas said that that bird can surely talk to the heavens. So it represents heaven and where the gods live. Uh, so it's like that, okay. that that's the connection up there. And then the, the puma or the cougar shows intelligence and intelligence represents the earth here and how you need to be intelligent to make a living here. So sorry, Zane. Um, and, <laughs> and then you've got the snake. Ouch, man. I know, right? That was a bit harsher. <laughs> that, was, that, was a bit, that was a bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, you've got I the mean, snake. I would feel insulted if I was smart enough to understand the insult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then you've got the snake as well, which is um, ever eternal. Because again, I don't know what it is with people and snakes. Like they always try and force the tail into the head in like most of the pictures. So yeah, again, it's eternal, it's infinite, and it also say that the world of the dead is infinite. So it represents that. So if you see those carvings of those three animals on a ruin, you can casually rock up to your friend, nudge him in the elbow, and just be like, "Hmm, that one seems to be made by the Incas," and then you'll be like the most popular person in your little group because you suddenly know something which they don't. The, the snake with the tail in his mouth is a proper... I think it's a really common ancient symbol. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it in a lot of different places. It's something... I think it's some Egyptian thing. We'll have to look into it, yeah. Cause I, I mean, isn't it the whole life is death and rebirth and... It, what was it called? It was... It I think had, it's, uh, is, it, is it Ouroboros? Yes, Ouroboros. Is that Ouroboros, right? Is that what it was it called? 
Yeah. I've seen it in Norse mythology. You're absolutely right. I've seen it's it all in, over the yeah, place, man. It's definitely to look into that. But yeah, they've got something similar to that as well. I think it is. I think it's in North. Yeah, I think it's just a North American, mm. primarily in North America thing. But yeah, I've seen it in a lot of different places. Yeah. yeah. So, Eddie, you said if it's got any one of them, or does it have to have all three for it to be Incan? Usually, usually it has all three, but then they've got specific ones, uh, specific ruins. Um, like there's the Gate of the Sun or something, which actually just has the, the, the condor. So yeah, you can have them separately as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm, nice. Yeah. No, I, I found that quite cool. quite interesting, quite exciting. So, just give us a quick quick run for again. So, three three for the Incas are Condor, Cougar, and Snake. And nice. if and if either of those are on there, then you can say it's probably an Incan one. You know. All, yeah. 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 That's right. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I, I, I thought that. And uh, bird fly high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for that. Cool. Yeah. You know that thing, like, is it a bird, is it a plane? At least probably the first one. Is that a condor up there? That's a condor. Flying high in the sky. Speaking of that, right, how can you possibly mistake a bird and a plane for a human being? And that's just, just never understood that. That really annoyed me. There's no, also, what people the, singing? The, the first guy is so excited to see a bird. <laughs> that's <laughs> so true, yeah. It's like, what, what, how could you possibly mistake a human being for a bird or a plane? Like, there's just no, there's just no way you can make I mean, that mistake. I mean, I guess if he's far away, it's just a Even dot Even if he's in the far sky. away, how did he see it in the first place? If it's a dot in the, in if it's a dot, you're like, hey, what is that dot? I bet it's a bird flying high. But these nah, people bro, it's got a plane, distracted bro. by, it. I mean, they got fooled by the fact that he puts his glasses on and off. So, I mean, they're not the smartest, I mean, are they? they? they did say that the reason for that is it's got, like, very low-level psychic, something that just confuses people. What? Superman has those level confused. Uh, yeah, like yeah, a very low-level psychic filter, apparently, on the glasses. I mean, that's what I've heard. I don't actually know. Guys, have you actually seen condors? They are massive. Yeah, no, just, huge. just Google yeah, them they now. Are. They are the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're going with that? They're pretty cool, man. They're, are they like the second biggest bird in the world? What's the biggest? Albatross? I think so. Yeah. Oh, actually, I was going to say big, the, the bird from the... <laughs> big Sesame, bird. Street. Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest number. I think Albatross, I think Wandering Albatross is the yeah. biggest one, right? Yeah, but these guys fly really high. All right, thanks for that. Yeah, Back to you in the studio. <laughs> They're pretty cool, man. What do you mean? That's, that's a cool... Yeah, no, it is a bit ugly. But, yeah. yeah, it's a bit like a vulture. It looks a bit like... If a clicker could fly, you know, a clicker from the last one. Exact, that's kind of that's it exactly like. it. That's exactly it. Right, this is perfect content for a completely audio platform, right? Just <laughs> googling stuff and talking about it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, mean surely the listeners can Google it themselves. Like, come on, guys, we're not going to give you all the facts. Go do some of your own work. I should probably also, not if, 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 if a snake could hold like a weapon or a knife, would it hold it in its mouth? Or would it hold it in its tail? Oh, easily tail. I think tail. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, if it's got a knife in the tail, stab someone, it needs a cool, you know, punchline as well. Okay, if it's got something in its, if it's got something in its mouth, it can't really do that, can it? I guess so. But it's, uh, yeah, no, maybe, I guess. I guess it's more like a, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because the, the, ma- the, the, the kind of head is much more quick, like, much quicker in terms of a reaction time. To be fair, if a snake needs to attack someone, it doesn't need a weapon. I mean, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a bad point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. 2020 is bad enough as it is. We don't need yeah, freaking yeah. Yeah. snakes with samurai snakes. snakes. Yeah. Samurai snakes. Michael Bay is probably like writing this down furiously. <laughs> like, yeah. Samurai snakes and explosions. But the next and episode yes. of uh, Snakes on a Plane. That would yeah. be great. How do you watch that, wouldn't you? If snakes oh, that would be amazing. I'd watch that. Yeah. Wait, that. That's a film that needs to happen. Um, also, if you've got a sword in your mouth, you can't do like a ritual suicide. Was it Harikiri? Harikiri, yeah. Yeah, I don't so. know if that's the snake's top priority. Yeah. But yeah, no, maybe you're right. 
But then you can't do a suicide with... Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I if guess it's you in your tail, you can just stab yourself. It's easy. I like how that is your... <laughs> that's your first thought as a samurai snake. Is, <laughs> you can't kill yourself. Yeah. Not the I fact mean, that you're a snake who's wielding a samurai sword. It's like, no. oh man, I can't... I can't. And this, and this is the man who recommended us to play Sekiro, yeah? Yeah. 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 I mean, okay. if you're a snake, you don't have honor, right? It's so, a bit harsh. I mean, you don't know it, snakes. It, com- it's, it comes with a job, right? So you're going to have to... Stab yourself, seppuku. I mean, I can't think of any reason, any any historical or, or video or animation or film or any concept in history which shows that a snake is disloyal or not trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, leave them alone, man. Yeah, I like snakes, they're cool. Um, speaking of reptiles, I'm going to talk about the dinosaurs. So, everybody likes dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Yeah. If you don't like dinosaurs, you can F off, okay? <laughs> so, in 1994, there was a group of industrial cement manufacturers just outside of the place or town of Sucre. Mm-hmm. And they were doing their normal excavations at cement factory stuff, and by accident they found a footprint of a dinosaur, which they found out was a dinosaur. And then they started excavating the area, and it turns out there's over five thousand footprints of dinosaurs across this whole area. Wow! Um, was it the, the same species, or like a bunch of different? I think it's either six or eight different species of dinosaur. Nice. Wow. In this area, and it's called the dinosaur dance floor because of the amount of different zigzagging footprints that are all across this area and it became like a massive attraction for um, archaeologists i think it's also known as cal orco which is the local name right. and yeah six or eight different species of, of dinosaurs it had over 406 460 different tracks of different dinosaurs and apparently there's one that they called johnny walker <laughs> which is a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex, which they named Johnny Walker for some reason. And it's got the longest preserved trail to have ever been discovered for a dinosaur. I'm going to put That's you on the spot cool. here, but what the other sp- if one of them was a T-Rex, do you know what the others were? Like, I was imagining so, small foot- footprints, but... I don't think so. I think they're pretty I think they're pretty big. So in that area, I'm guessing there's going to be like a Brachiosaur equivalent type thing. And for the people who don't know what these are, can you kind of like describe them? Like, That's, a, that's, a, big one. that's a big one. Brachiosaur is massive with a head like a snake and a tail... <laughs> Like a snake and the body of an elephant. That's, that's pretty accurate, pretty, actually. Yeah, it's like the one from the what was that stupid dinosaur movie we used to watch. You Lost just away. watched the next your word that you're about to say because you said stupid dinosaur movie. There is no such thing. But no, it was this one with the the small dinosaur and his mom, and they had a friend you who was a dinosaurus. Bambi, yeah, the cartoon the one. The land before time. Oh land yeah, before time. No, that's yeah, what yeah, it was. That yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I got. Yeah, I agree with you that that was that was that, that, was, that was a terrible dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. But that's the only one. The mom, the mom dinosaur. That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. The aliens. The I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one which has like a uh, used his head to smash into things. My dinosaur used to be so much better than mm-hmm. that, but I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> um, and the area is, I think, it's got degraded and stuff, but they managed to declare it as a UNESCO heritage site so that it could get some funding to preserve it. You can go and see the wall, and it's it's like a it's a limestone wall, so it gets eroded really really easily. Mm-hmm. But what they've done, which is kind of interesting, is on the edge of the site, they've kind of created a little theme park type thing. Okay. And so you can go there and basically you get like a little guided tour if you want. You can go and have a look at all the different things. They have little models of dinosaurs that are all around the area. 
Um, they have like parks and food, they have towers, they have, so you can have a look and, and you can do a guided path across the place, but you can also have a look, they've got a museum, a library, no post office, I'm sorry, <laughs> and they've got restaurants and all that kind of stuff, so you can go okay. and see it. It's open from Tuesday to Friday, 9 to 5, uh, and Saturday, Sunday from 10 to 6. The it's it's like um I think it's like three dollars for the train for the bus there and about fifteen dollars nice. US dollars for a return trip and the park entry is only four and a bit four four dollars thirty cents which you can actually include a guided tour in English as well. Huh. Uh, that's, 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 that, yeah, that sounds really really cool. Yeah, that's, and some of the some of the sculptures and stuff are actually pretty good. They're not like you know they're they're pretty decent. Like some pictures, they look really nice. They've got some pretty well. Um, I'm a bit of a dinosaur nut, if you hadn't noticed, but they've, they've got, the detail that they've got on some of these models is really really good. So it's definitely worth checking out. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely will. Because um, when you were explaining, it, I was just imagining uh, Crystal Palace and the cement di- dinosaurs which they've got there in the Victorian times, and they are shockingly bad. Um, like it's, they're really bad. Like I'll stick a link up as well, but we'll do a comparison because the way these ones just sound much, much, much better. Is that the one where it's like they made the models that have nothing to do with dinosaurs? Yes, is that the yes, one? That yeah, one, I think I know. What you yeah, mean. the one which is like a yeah. blob of cement with a claw sticking yeah, out. Yeah, of it, yeah, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard they got rid of the dinosaur in the National Museum. Yeah, man, it's a blue whale now. I think. Ugh. Nothing Jeez. beats it. Although it is, I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but we will cover. We've got to cover London at some point later, anyway. Yeah. But you go to the National History Museum as a kid, and you look at the. I think it was the brachiosaur they had at the time, mm-hmm. and then they mixed it around with the T Rex, right? Mm. I remember the T Rex. It looks so huge. Yeah. It might have been a Diplodocus actually, but it looks so huge. And then when you go there now, or if you go there, I think the last time when they had it, I went there, and it looks so small. Maybe that's just because as a kid you imagine it as being incredibly massive. It's like if you ever go back to if you ever go back to like your primary school, your secondary school after you yeah, after like yeah, ten yeah, years, yeah. everything feels so small. Like it's it's just odd. I don't know. Everything feels like oh, this is tiny in comparison to what I remember it being like. Yeah. No, no, yeah. exactly the same. I'm looking forward to going back to the, the museums. Uh, they, were, they were great fun, yeah. uh, natural yeah. history especially. Um, Zicky, you talked about, uh, you can do like prison, uh, uh, not prisons, uh, you can talk about tour, tour guides and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the reason why prison slipped out, because I was reading about a, a prison called San Pedro Prison, uh, where you can actually get tours inside as well, even though it's kind of illegal, um, and we don't condone <laughs> it, but you can if you wanted to. Well, why is it illegal? Um, so, just a it's bit of context prison. is that the um, it's it's a prison which was supposed to hold six hundred inmates, but it now holds about three thousand inmates. Um, and there's no official prison uniformed prison officials. It's kind of like a self-serving community, and most of the people inside inmates either have jobs or they're in a community, or they buy or rent their accommodation and live with their families. Right, right. So it's one of those weird ones where they've committed something like cocaine-related. Most of it is drug-related, but then they've gone, "Hey, look, I'll be nice, but can I can my family come live with me as well?" And they're like, "Uh, sure." Um, so it's it's one of the biggest prisons, and it's it's got it's quite densely populated as well. But the interesting thing is that there are several sources of incomes for the prisoners who want to run the establishments, and one of them is to allow tourism. So even though it's illegal, I just want to emphasize it's illegal, people. So if you do go and blame us, that's not our fault. Um, but you can. <laughs> I know, right, mate? It's all about the disclaimers. Um, but you can gain access by bribing one of the guards at the perimeter, and then you'll be snuck in. <laughs> Uh, by someone who knows the way from the outside and you're taken into a room and your names are entered into a registry book along with your passport numbers. The guards then mark the tourist's arms with a number that corresponds to their name in the book and it serves as a bit of an identification thing to allow you to go and explore this stuff. 
Then you pay the bribes usually about 57 US dollars and then you can go and you can't take any pictures but then you can go and meet your tour guide and a bodyguard and then they walk you through some of the, the parts of um, the prison. Some of the people are quite friendly but since it's quite uh, it's got its own laws and rules each part of the prison has its own delegate or a leader. Um, you kind of know which parts you can go to and which parts you can't but you can in theory go and explore a prison if you really want to. Sounds interesting cool, sounds like Arkham that's cool yeah nice, nice. I'm thinking of um, Sona from Prison Break oh yeah 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 I was thinking Uncharted for some reason yeah I was thinking Uncharted yeah. too I was thinking Uncharted 4 mm. interesting yeah. yeah nice and just out of interest how did what were you searching when you found that um what was I searching actually how to get access into prison illegally Oh, no, hang on, that's how... No, 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 sorry, actually, so it started off because I was like, I saw this image, and I cannot remember where I saw this image, it was uh, of, it was during the COVID pandemic and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was uh, loads of people wearing masks in a really small room and just staring at the camera, and the way they stared at the camera, I was like, wow, we're so talking about socially distancing, and these people are so densely populated, and then right, I was, I was right. like, I'm pretty sure that was in Bolivia, and then this was seven months later, I'm trying to find it, so yesterday when I was trying to find something, I ended up coming across San Pedro prison, and I was like, surely that's not the same prison, and then... I realized that you can get a tour, and then I got distracted and completely forgot about my uh, <laughs> initial concern for these people, and then got excited that you can visit prison. Okay, and if you nice. need, if you're going, if you are going there, I'd recommend taking a llama fetus with you just for protection. Yeah, absolutely. You'll need, you'll definitely need uh, a llama protection if you're going on the death road. Oh, oh yes. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys know. Why is it this? called the death road? Only I can't imagine what. Why? Why? Yeah, why, yeah, why yeah. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, can I be biased here? I'm looking at it and I'm going. Yeah, the roads which we talked about in the previous episode were scarier and more dangerous. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that that's fair. I I think yeah. I I would kind of I like towards agreeing with you even though maybe that's a little bit of bias but i it think bit, maybe yeah. yeah i mean they, they say that it's so there's um solid rock to one side and on the other side there's like a 2000 foot abyss and it's a two-way 12 foot wide or 3.65 uh, meters highway which is known as the death road and it's one of the most world's dangerous routes and it's cut on the side of a mountain in the 1930s and it doesn't have guardrails or and it's usually fresh shrouded in fog and falling rocks and mudslides and it kills 200 to 300 people every year. And whilst you are advised to drive on the right-hand side of the road in Bolivia, on the death road you can keep to the left because you don't want to fall off. And that's okay, mm. you're okay to do that. But given that it's two-way traffic, somebody's going to have to be the braver person and get onto the, the this, this scary outside. So one of my friends, James, he actually went to Bolivia and he went on the death road. And uh, he was saying that you can go and there are loads of groups at the top of the road and you can get rent uh, like a bicycle from them, mountain bikes, and you can go down um, the death road as quick as you want. And he says they're really, really good, but be very, very careful. You need to sign multiple forms, releasing them from responsibility for your demise. So yeah, 43 miles of death, if you fancy that. And I mean that. sorry, if you if you rent a bike today, I'm assuming they don't close off the road. You have to deal with oh, the traffic as well. You have to deal with right? the traffic as well. And uh, like yeah, 20 to 30 sure. people have died, um, I think, since it's, they started doing these tours as well. But he did it and he survived. And uh, yeah, it sounds quite exciting. So whenever he talks. It, it does sound pretty exciting. Yeah, he yeah. told me about exciting, it. And I was like, yeah, yeah I want to do that. I want to do that. Yeah, I feel like it would be a proper amazing adrenaline rush. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll definitely have to stop by the witch's market first and get some of that powdered stuff you know just to can we can we put can we make a pack now that Zayn doesn't drive 100% have you seen from, Zayn's drive from our experience <laughs> in any game that we've played Zayn does not drive he gets the last I just get distracted very yes easily. That, that exactly yeah that's exactly you don't want that of all yeah, the places not, you don't yeah. want to get distracted on 
yeah. in the game, I should clarify. In real life, I am an I'm pretty sure your driver. dad told me once that you were driving late at night with him somewhere, and your comment was, he was asking if you were right, and you said, you said something like, yes, it's weird, because this road so almost looks real. Yeah, no, basically, that was, I think, a few days after I got my license, and dad was like, alright, so how are you feeling? Everything good? I'm like, yeah, man, the graphics are amazing. <laughs> And obviously yeah. he was worried. He's like, uh, you know, this is real. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, James definitely not driving. We'll give him a little bit. We'll give him like the start at the end. We'll give him. I the feel last like one. Hammond in this yes. popular yeah, quite. trio. Yeah. <laughs> if you are driving, you're in your own car. Yeah, hundred percent. And safety distance between us and you, because yeah, like when the car does eventually inevitably blow up, I don't want to be near the radius of the car. <laughs> so. All right, well, speaking about transit, right? I have a nice thing okay? to talk about. Go on. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of La Paz slash El Alto metropolitan area. It's got horrible traffic, lots of pedestrians, there's noise pollution, there's all kinds of, you know, stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they did is their transit system uses aerial cable cars that okay. goes above the city. And it was constructed, I think, in 2014 at 10 kilometers long. It was the longest aerial cable car system in the world. Wow, 10k and is pretty... It, it's now at 33 kilometers, and wow. I think they're adding more lines, and they're still expanding. Wow. And it looks like so much fun, because it's less stress, it's quieter, you get fantastic views, you know, you're floating mm-hmm. over the downtown area or whatever, you can zoom up the mountain as well. Apparently, it cuts a one-hour commute down to 10 minutes, and a cable car leaves the station every 12 seconds. Every... That's wow. brilliant. That's amazing. Apparently, yeah. And uh, it's it's cheaper than a one-way bus ticket, too, which is pretty impressive. Wow, that is impressive. Yeah, and uh, I think they say that partially powered by solar power, so I don't know how environmentally friendly it is, but it, I'm assuming it's better than like taking the bus yeah. or driving yourself. Mm-hmm. And it looks really, really cool. Coming from our resident who is, uh, what's the word, terrified of heights, Ellie, how do you think about that? Yeah, I was about to say that while part of me goes, oh, God... <laughs> But I'm also kind of going, uh, being stuck in traffic is just like the worst thing ever. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be up for that. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised more countries don't have, but I guess they just don't have the opportunity. But if we do get to the platform and I'm like, guys, I don't think I can. I need you to push me into the cable car. Okay, like, <laughs> no, no, that, like, that sentence didn't end how I was expecting. But I'm not even I mean, we'll, aim, we'll aim for the cable car, but if we miss, you know, it's not our fault. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. We'll make them sign all the forms they give on the bike road. Okay, I'll go to that if Zucky goes to... What do you... Actually, hang on. We haven't found anything Zucky doesn't like yet. Zane, you're definitely going to the butterfly thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'll go to this thing and we'll find something for Zucky. Oh, we'll leave Zucky in the prison, but then he'll probably end up being a gang lord or something. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we used to call this serial killing. No, let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd just be there lecturing them about, you know, techniques of how to get away, all the fate. Yeah, yeah, the proper yeah. way to dispose of a body is... These are the mixed mistakes you shouldn't make if you don't want to get caught, yeah. which you already have done, but learn it for next yeah. time. Cool. Uh, can I tell you about um, something which I read and I thought it was the biggest like joke in history ever? Yeah, go for it. So, so we've talked about the lake uh, Titicaca. Uh, Zames mentioned it. I've mentioned it. Zucky's mentioned it as well. But I just wanted to touch on it again because there's quite an interesting story behind it as well. So it's the highest lake in the world, as we know, 12,500 feet elevation. And again, we've touched on it in the past where it's got Inca cultures and pre-Inca tribes as well. And one of the guys rocked up, uh, the Tiwanaku people, and they decided to leave a huge temple in the lake. Um, so probably the lake hadn't been formed yet, but at the bottom of it, there is a huge temple. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just rock up, swim out to the lake. And you know what, guys? Don't want me right here. Who's going to dump this, this temple in the middle of this lake? 
Yeah, exactly. So um, we we don't know if they did that or if they decided to build it before the lake happened, but that's there. But And Zame's already touched on the sun uh, being tied down in the observatory, but right opposite that, or near it at least, is an island called the Isla de Sol, which is the sun island. Which is slap bang? Well, it's not slap bang. Actually, that's a lie. It's kind. It's in the lake. It's an island in the lake. Wow. Well, yeah. If it's an island, it better be in the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. not slap bang. Um, although it should be. That would have been a cooler story. But yeah. So this is the island uh, of the sun, and there's uh, myths that the first Incan came or rose through the cracks of two mountains on this island, and he woke up, rocked out, stretched his feet, stretched his legs, and went, "Wow, it's really dark here," and then summoned the sun. And that's how the sun came to be. Pretty baller move. I know. I mean, to be honest, it's like, mate, turn on that light, God. <laughs> so, so, so that's what happened. So that, and there are eight hundred families there, um, farming, fishing, and they do some tours as well. But it's a very closed society. Uh, there are no motor vehicles, anything like that. So you, uh, it's really nice to go and explore. But uh, some of the parts are actually being closed off because there was a, at one point. Uh, there was just too much tourism. So that's great. And then on the flip side, which is very close to it, is an island called the Isla de Luna, which was another guy was like, nah, we can't have that. This is too bright. And then Vera Coca commanded the rising of the moon to bring balance to so the light and the, the darkness and stuff. So that's, that's really cool. And there's a huge temple there. But what I found really, really interesting, this lake has been mentioned in almost every single historical, mythical, all of that stuff, ancestry work in Bolivia. But then there was a huge discovery which was made this year in August 2020 where they discovered something, an offering discovered in the sacred lake. And you're like, ooh, what could it be? This is amazing. And they say that the ancient lake had temples in it, had rituals in it, it had um, sacrifices in it, blood blood bottles, all of that stuff. And all of this was put into the lake. And sometimes the lake would bubble up, sometimes the lake would be shrouded in blood, or clouded blood, which is like, oh, wow, this is going to be some next level stuff. And they all uh, provided these sacrifices to a goddess called Mama Coca, uh, the sea, the sea I'm mother. I'm 100% sure they never pronounced it like that. Yeah. Mama Kuka? The Coca Mama? Anyway. The Coca Mama. The Coca Mama. Mama Coco. <laughs> okay, Mama Coco. Mama Coco, the sea mother. And um, blood-filled offerings, blah, 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 blah. So you're like, this is going to be the biggest, best discovery of 2020. So during an underwater survey of the lake, um, archaeologists recovered something which was made of local volcanic stone, and it was lying on the reef. And it was had a stone plug behind it, which means that well, the contents of this box, which was made out of volcanic rock, was undisturbed since the box was deposited five centuries ago. Now, we know that they sacrificed things, we know that volcanic stone was quite rare, and we know that a lot of tribes were involved in space. So what do you think was in this thing when they opened it? It sounds like Pandora's box. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, what do we have instead? Is it Earl Grey? <laughs> no. It's, it's um, if you take out your thumb, the size of your thumb, and you chop that thumb in half, that sized llama made out of rock. When did you say this was open, sorry? August 2020. August 2020? Yeah, August 2020. This is not the year to be doing this, bro. I know, I know. This is not the year to be opening freaking ancient boxes <laughs> and the, the tombs and all that. Of all the places and times you want to do this, guys. Seriously, the second wave is your fault, you archaeologists. Um, now they're just basically Imhotep's now risen up. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, I just Googled it. I'm looking at it. It kind of looks like uh, it's made of bread. It looks. It reminded me of a knick-knack. Yeah, like those animal crackers. 
for those of you that don't know what a knickknack is, <laughs> um, how to describe it? <laughs> uh, the only thing I can say is Google it. There's, there's not really a description of how to say it, but uh, yeah, that's a pretty apt description. Yeah, and the, yeah uh, I'll, I'll I'll put a link up of the best flavors of knickknacks. But yeah, so you open it up, and the this thing which has been untouched for five centuries is a small, pointless little llama figure and the best part is you're like well maybe i'm naive and ignorant maybe i don't know what it is nobody knows what it is they've tried to try and figure out what this could mean and nobody knows they're just like maybe it's the biggest joke ever maybe it means something tbc you know that would be that'd be a great joke to play that i think oh, i would love to do that i'd love to just like have it in, in, in like a proper crazy yeah. whole season of like maths and intricate things and then have somebody think there's a massive treasure <coughs> and it's just like i mean yeah open. you'll be long dead but you're playing the long game I don't, no? well, yeah, yeah 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 what would you Imagine put that, it, okay though. what would you put in it though if this was your oh, volcanic man. box and you were like rocking up and you're like hmm, i'm gonna put something in that's a good question that is a good question. It'd have to be something that ha- is utterly and completely pointless in every possible way. I would, I would a get a rock from like the other side of the world and just pop it in there for no reason. Oh, that's clever. Mm. Yeah. What do you have, Ali? I, I, yeah, when you said the most... You, yeah, I have a picture of Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be funny. That would be funny. For the first time in his life, he'd actually be funny. That, I don't that understand be... what you have against Bill We're Murray. We're not going there anyway. Zaki, what would you put in it? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. It'd have to be something related to the occult, of course. Of course. But I don't know what I'd put in it. Maybe my pin. Maybe my bank pin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I think we are nearing the end of the episode, so are there any special mentions you guys wanted to do, or things which we've kind of missed? Um, We've missed a lot, but the first flyover of of this country, I mean. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the the Great Train Graveyard. Oh yeah? which we didn't get a chance to talk about, but it is a place near the town of Uyuni, which is like a little trading town thing. I think it's about a couple of kilometers away from the train station in the main area. And it's just a massive, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a cemetery for trains, known as Cemetery of the Trainers. Okay. And it is where they used to basically drag all of the different trains and stuff when they finished their time. They they drag them all into this area and they are there's carcasses of the trains. You can actually, it's completely open to everybody, so you can go in there, you can jump in them, you can do whatever you want. They come in pictures, it's completely open to everybody. And it's in, apparently it's quite in, eerie because the some of them date back to like the 20th century um, where they got imported from, from Britain. Mm-hmm. Some of the trains did get over there, but they have it from all over the world, and they, it, they they're degraded in a particular way because of the salt that goes through, and obviously with the winds it, it adds ah, to the degradation okay, okay. of the trains. But it's a very unique type of degradation on the trains and the rust, which is which is kind of cool. You can go there, you can just rock up mm-hmm. um, and check it out. If any children listening, sorry, mate, uh, Thomas is dead as well. He is completely. Is it is it near a railroad track, or do they like do they drive them in? How do the trains get there? So I think they drag them in because it's a three it's three kilometers away from the train station. Right. So I'm not sure if they have tracks that lead into there where they put them in, or whether they just put them on trucks and like in segments and, and drive them across. I'm not sure. Do you think but Thomas had life insurance or train insurance? I think Thomas was a murderer, but then I would. <laughs> okay. It seems like it. I've not seen all the pictures of him and how evil he looks in the, and things. It looks like Thomas it. the Tank Engine is a murderer. Yeah. It, it was think, time for Thomas to leave. Down. He had seen everything. Yeah, he had yeah. seen everything. But you know, no, it's, it's life insurance. Yeah, and, and the, the, that's why he was chummy with the police, the conductor thing, because he was like, this is the oh. only guy that I need to be close with, so he doesn't, he doesn't figure me out. And that's why the angry guy was angry all the time, because he was like, this guy's blatantly the killer. But you can do nothing about it. He's paying attention to me. So anyway, 
The good news is his carcass is in there rotting until the end of time. Wow. Is any children listening? Strong. <laughs> <can see> him. <laughs> Strong. Um, the only advice, again, it can get dense with a lot of people at the kind of peak times of the of the tours. So if you're planning to go, it's best to go either like proper early 8 a.m. or after 5 o'clock p.m. when the tourists are gone or they haven't come in yet. So you can, you can walk it directly from the center of the uni. We can take a cab, which is like one dollar or something like that. Nice, nice. Straight into the area. So go out of peak times to get the best out of it. Perfect. That is a genuine fact. That's three episodes in a row. This, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Zane. Um, just sticking with the Thomas the Tank Engine thing, I just want to mention that the Fat Controller dude was voiced by Ringo Starr and Pierce Brosnan at two separate times, which is interesting. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. What? Um, That's quite but yeah. High. Like going back life. going back to Bolivia, main thing I want to talk about is, uh, do you guys know Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So after, you know, he's finished with his Wild West outlaw shenanigans stuff, he fled the US and he went to Argentina and then Bolivia, where apparently he got killed in a shootout with the Bolivian army in 1908. And I say apparently because people still argue about what actually happened to him and they think he's still alive and chilling with Tupac somewhere. And that's actually, I mean, that's kind of the premise for the 2011 film Blackthorn, which takes place 20 years later. And it shows that um, Butch Cassidy is actually alive and he's been hiding out in Bolivia under the name, under the name James Blackthorn. And he's planning to sort of go back to the US. And what's really cool about this film is that it's actually shot in uh, Bolivia because so many films are set in Bolivia, but don't actually film there. Like the Mm. 1969 Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid set in Bolivia, shot in Mexico. Or um, Quantum of Solace had the whole Bolivian water crisis plot point. It was filmed in Panama and Chile instead. So oh. this is like a decent film. It's nothing amazing, but it's, it's all right. It's got you know twists and turns and stuff. But if you're a fan of Westerns and you want an authentic Bolivian vibe, it's a decent movie to watch. And it's filmed in Bolivia with actual proper Bolivian um, actors and people. So oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Great movie review. I mean, let's be honest, it's not, it's not amazing. If it's on TV, watch it. I mean, don't go out of your way to watch it. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I've realised my animal levels have been quite low in this one, so I'm just going to say Bolivia has got the spectacled bear, the emperor tamarin, and it's got the world's best jaguar viewings in Kia National Park, which, again, I've butchered the name, but I'll put the link up. So if that's everything, gents, then we are at the end of the episode. Um, so to, uh, to our listeners, thank you all so much. Uh, for the feedback and please keep that coming in please do connect to our twitter page <laughs> yeah but just yeah. just twitter we don't have anything yeah, else yeah. and um yeah, yeah look um, forward anticipate the the other i need to actually read what the hell this is like it's, the, it's not the face it's facebook and it's it's just facebook yeah facebook, i mean they, they can also you can also email us at the lockdown traveler at gmail.com thank you yes yeah that's it that, yeah perfect yeah, well just to, just to thank again, everybody, thanks a lot for all the stuff that you've been giving us and the feedback and let us know all the stuff that we think we can improve. We do want to give a special, I think we should give a special shout out to Henry, who helped yep. us out with the recording. Um, yes, in terms of yes. The yes. Things thank out. you, Henry. Massive, massive bonus. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks for everybody who's listening and giving us feedback. We, we appreciate it and glad you guys are enjoying it. Brilliant. And gents, always a pleasure. Uh, well, most of, most of the time it's a pleasure. We get there, <laughs> We get there in the end. So thank you and see you at the next one.